Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome back to another 49ers Rush podcast. It's been a few days, and oh my gosh, we got a lot of stuff going on. Right off the bat, stay tuned. There is some exclusive details on how to win for free an autographed Jerry Rice mini helmet, uh, the GOAT. We are giving it away for free. Plus, we got training camp in the very first Brick by Brick episode has been released. That's like the soft version of Hard Knocks for the 49ers, but it's an absolute blast. And then we're going to continue with our breakdown. We only got two positions left. Today, we're talking tight ends. So this is an absolutely packed episode on 49ers news, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And let's lead off the bat with what everybody cares about the most, and that's training camp notes and breakdowns over the last three days. Right off the bat, let's go with positive information, and then we'll get into the negatives. But Trent Taylor is back. He is off the pup list. He is kind of our clear-defined starter at that slot position, and he had off-season back surgery, but he is back. That is great news. And also Dakota Watson and Malcolm Smith are back as well. Malcolm Smith, we're going to need him big time in those first two weeks, especially with Reuben Foster's suspension. But him and Fred Warner are likely going to be fighting for that other linebacker spot uh, at the will position on who is going to be getting snaps there. So this is great, great, great news. And that is awesome to get those guys in almost full force. And so we had almost everybody completely cleared and back practicing And then we get two major injuries right off the bat. Eric Armstead, oh my gosh, has a major hamstring issue and is week to week. He can just not get out of his way. His injuries, it's just a nightmare. He just can't stay healthy. And hamstring injuries are usually preventable. Those usually have to do with being in shape and staying hydrated and stretching before practice. But And he's not even a sprinter, so this is huge. We have already moved Julian Taylor, our seventh-round rookie, to get some snaps at big end. And so we're just going to kind of have to see what happens. Hopefully he will be ready to go by week two of the preseason because he, he needs reps. He, has missed, he hasn't played a full season, uh, 16 games, in the last two seasons combined. So you add up all the games he's played, and, man, he's missing over 50% of the games. And then worse than that is Joshua Garnett having some knee issues and is considered day-to-day. He was already not taking first-team reps. He doesn't fit our system. The former first-round pick that Chip Kelly went and got out of Stanford. He slimmed down, you know, had a good OTAs and all that kind of stuff, and we were hoping he would just come in and solidify that right guard position. Man, he got bumped down to second-team. And then he gets injured, and he is almost, I think he's playing himself out of a roster spot. And we're going to be talking O-line next week, and I'm not quite sure he's going to make this roster. If he doesn't get stuff figured out right away, he is a possible cut. 
candidate, or I could see the 49ers trading him for like a sixth-round pick next year or possibly even just a seventh-round pick to somebody that's a little bit more of a power-running style. Now, a couple other training camp notes that have been picked up by the media. Richard Sherman, in his very first play back in one-on-ones, gets matched up with Marquise Goodwin, who's had an amazing camp so far. And Marquise just burned him. And there, there's not really much about it. He just flew past him and burned him by about five yards. And it was funny. Like uh, They were both on NFL Network being recorded the next day, and they brought up that first play. And <laughs> Sherman said, you know, I wasn't that far behind you. Goodwin caught him off. He's like, man, you're like five yards behind me. After I caught him, I turned around. Look, man, you're way back there. But um, a little back and forth. And, again, this is his very first full-speed rep off of his Achilles tear. And he goes up against one of the fastest people in the NFL. didn't go so well. Next day, he comes back out and matches up against Pierre Garçon and gets real physical with him and picks off the pass from Jimmy Garoppolo in one-on-ones. It was awesome. And that's what you want. Iron sharpens iron is a very common phrase in the NFL. And I understand the coach speak. But you want those guys battling back and forth. If if the offense is just destroying the defense, playing and play out, that's cause for concern. And vice versa. If the defense is just shutting down the offense, that's cause for concern. You want this back and forth. I got you today. We'll see what happens tomorrow, so on and so forth. And so this is great. Now, Pierre Garçon, this is getting a little worrisome. Uh, his body language and kind of presence on the field and off the field hasn't been great. He, he hasn't been fighting a lot, and then he had the worst press conference ever. And I, I don't, this ain't on him. If, if you go back and watch the press conference from the last day in July, they asked him about 20 questions, and one question was about him. And you could see him getting pissed off. I don't know what the hell these reporters were thinking. Somebody in the room should have said, hey, this is Pierre Garçon. Maybe we should ask a question about Pierre Garçon instead of, 10 questions about Jimmy Garoppolo and another 10 questions about Dante Pettis. Like, that's ridiculous. So figure out a way. Do your job. Realize these players are giving up their time. You need to you need to respect that and do something. But Garcon doesn't seem too happy with the way things are going. I don't know if it's because he had to report to camp or what, but um, this is something just to keep an eye on. What happens with Pierre Garcon? Because it's seeing as camp continues, Marquise Goodwin is solidifying his role as that number one guy. And Dante Pettis is, he may have had the best camp so far. He had a super slow start, but he has just exploded the last few practices. And yesterday, depending on when you are listening to this, Wednesday's practice, the guy was just unreal. Um the last three plays to end out team drills all went to Dante Pettis, and it ended with him having a 45-yard touchdown pass down the sideline where he uh, beat Akilo Witherspoon. And so he's doing this versus the ones, versus the twos. It doesn't matter which quarterback's throwing to him, whether it's man coverage, zone coverage, safety over the top. He is just unreal. Dante Pettis, I'm telling you right now, is going to be a star in this league. There is, And you can say whatever you want. It's just training camp. Oh, they don't have the pads on. That's fine. If you watch his plays, the separation that he gets, one-on-ones, seven-on-seven, team drills, is consistent. 
they are wide open windows to throw him the ball and he has amazing hands because his plant step and the way in which he gets separation is elite. I'm not talking elite for a college player. I'm not talking elite for a rookie. I'm talking elite for any player in the NFL. The separation he is getting against every single person in that secondary and it's consistent, it's going to be hard to keep this guy off the field. I'm just telling you that right now. So that's some of my training camp notes. Brick by Brick aired their very first episode this season. This is the second season they've done this, and it's a lot of fun. It's not near as good as what Hard Knocks does and the All or Nothing, and you can tell it because it's controlled by the 49ers. You know, with with Hard Knocks when HBO does it or Amazon with the All or Nothing series, which is the same film crew and production team, the teams don't control it. It's an outside third source. Brick by Brick, this is done by 49ers, so they're not going to let any negative or something that makes anybody look bad. So it's a little bit filtered, but it's still an absolute blast. If you haven't seen it, it's up on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Brick by Brick. It's the first one that pulls up. It shows, it goes through kind of the OTA and report day procedures, the first episode, where the entire team did Navy SEALs training, which is whatever. There's lots of teams that do things like this. But what sets the 49ers apart, I don't know of any other team where the head coach and general manager is doing the Navy SEAL training with their team. They went through it all, the hardcore stuff, the crawling through the dirt, the climbing over stuff, the lifting the logs, the all that. You got Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch out there sweating and going through this with them. And probably one of the coolest takeaways from that is, and you have the coach talking about, we're trying to build team unity. And they're doing all kinds of different Navy SEAL type exercises where they're lifting up telephone poles together as a team and all these things. And they have to constantly repeat this motto, which I just absolutely love as a former coach, team teammates self in that order. And they have to scream this repeatedly with every rep that they do, with every activity they're doing, team teammate self so again team first my teammate is before me and the self me i am last and that's what they are trying to achieve and adopt this culture into what the 49ers will become team teammate self uh just very very beautiful and hopefully the the teammates buy into it and i think it's pretty easy to buy into whenever you look next to you and the people that are signing your checks and calling the plays are sweating and cussing and bleeding right next to you that that is very unique in the nfl to have this and it could not be happier with our front office i mean just an absolute blast now a few episodes ago, I asked if there were anybody out there that is looking for sponsors, and I wanted to keep this within the faithful. Man, you guys did not disappoint. We now have an autographed Jerry Rice mini helmet that is just legit. The GOAT himself, and we are doing a giveaway. And this giveaway is brought to you by Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. They reached out, and we are they are going to be sponsoring the next handful of episodes. So if you are one of those people that doesn't know what you want for your birthday or you don't know what to get your family for your birthday, this is a great opportunity because they have an unreal amount of 49ers gear over there. GameDaySportsMemorabilia.com. It's all just one word. And so go check that out. They have all kinds of stuff from autographed posters, helmets, jerseys, all kinds of just kind of off-the-wall fun stuff. They, The most unique thing I found on there, they have a YA Tittle signed throwback helmet with no face mask uh, for only $117. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Go check it out. But as far as our giveaway, 
It's three easy steps to qualify for this, and it's absolutely free, and you're probably already doing two of the three things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast, which if you're listening, I really do appreciate it. Our numbers are shooting up through the roof, and it is much appreciated. Um, So you're already doing that. Number two, follow me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, and also our stat researcher guy, at Cadeau Clayton, C-A-D-I-E-U-X-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, so Cadeau Clayton. And then the third one, just retweet the giveaway. So if you haven't done that already, go look at my Twitter account, and it's my pinned tweet. So if you look up JL underscore Chapman, Click on that, and then it's got all the information there. Retweet that. Make sure you follow us both and subscribe. Uh, We're going to be having that drawing in about 10 days from now, and I can't wait to give that thing away, but I ain't going to lie. My son saw it and said, can we just keep it? (laughs) Because it's pretty freaking awesome. So, again, go check out my Twitter and go ahead and do that. Why not get a free Jerry Rice autographed mini helmet? So thanks again to the people at Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. Those guys are awesome. Now let's jump into our positional breakdown that we have been doing for the past several weeks, and we're almost done with this, and almost just in time for preseason. We have our first preseason game one week away, and we actually have the Hall of Fame game tonight, so football season is full swing now. So last year, we kept three tight ends on our active roster straight out of the 90-man cut down, and that's going to happen again. And it's a possibility we could have a position, which we can't say really about any other position, I don't believe, where we have the exact same guys that we kept over from last year. So we have two locks and then one guy at about 75%. So the two locks are George Kittle and Garrett Selleck. And then I have Cole Hicatini, our undrafted free agent from last year out of Louisville, that I have him at about a 75% chance of making this roster. So let's go through and break down each one of these in extreme detail because that's what we do here at the 49ers Rush Podcast. We want this to be the podcast where if you don't have time to filter through all the practice reports, scouting reports, stat lines, whatever else, you just listen to this and we're going to catch you up to speed. So George Kittle, by far one of the rising stars in this 49ers organization. Six foot four, 250 pounds, 24 years old, super young. He was one of the stud rookies that came in last year. We drafted him in the fifth round. This is, it doesn't even make sense how he fell. Um, He's an Iowa Hawkeye. We got a couple of those guys last year. We got him in the fifth round, and he played in 15 games for us. 63 targets, he caught 43 of those for 515 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 12 yards per reception. And if you don't understand how good this is, just stay tuned. I'm going to give you way too much stats, but that's just kind of the way my mind works. So hopefully some of this sticks because George Kittle is going to be a mainstay in this offense for a very long time, and he is going to be fantasy football relevant if you're into that kind of thing for a very long time. So the pro football focus and the grades that he has, uh, he had a 63% grade. Uh, His catch rate, he caught almost 70% of his passes, which is very, very legit. And actually, he ranked lowest on pass blocking, which was one of his strengths coming out of college. Now, he doesn't pass block very often because we want him on routes. However, in overload pressure situations, we will check to him uh, picking up the outside threat if we are overloaded or outnumbered on one side of the offensive line or the other. Um, and so that's it's not that big of a deal, but his run blocking is just awesome. Um, he has quite a few different plays 
back in college and in the pros where he takes linebackers and blitzing safeties and drives them 10 to 15 yards deep. He is a mean, mean man. He had a lot of snaps for us last year, 591 to be exact. And again, the majority of those were on passing situations. We throw the ball a lot, the 49ers. We had the second most pass attempts in the entire NFL. We finished behind the Giants with just one fewer pass attempt. So really, we're kind of at the top notch there. But 378 were passing plays, and only 50 were pass blocking plays. 164 of those were run blocking. Um, so even though he finished pretty low with pass blocking, that's not something he's asked to do very often. Really just about two to three times a game. Hopefully he can increase that. Now the strengths to his game and kind of what he brings to the Niners, the kid is mean as hell. You want somebody that is going to be physically imposing and has the mentality, I am going to destroy you this play. If we go back to when he was drafted, they asked him, hey, what's your philosophy on blocking? And he says, <laughs> the thing that makes me most exciting in football, and this is paraphrasing, so there's a couple words off. I want to move somebody against their will till they don't want to play football any longer. And that's just who he is. He comes off the ball with great pad level, great technique, but is just a very physical blocker and very reliable hands. Again, close to 70% from the tight end position as far as catch rate. That is elite. Those are amazing numbers. And once he gets the ball, he is a bulldozer. He's not really a speed guy, even though he's fast. That's not the way he plays when the ball is in his hands. If you close your eyes and picture a Greg Kittle catch he's got both arms on the ball and he's just rumbling tumbling bouncing off guys behind his pads he's not an open up sprint guy even though he has that he is an over the middle come tackle me you weak ass safety type of guy that's just who he is now his weaknesses his patterns aren't the best and he's not very consistent whenever it comes to running the same route uh, but he can find that zone and just get in space and just wait. Turn around, post up, catch the ball, get what you can. So if he can improve his route running, that would be very, very advantageous for him. Now, a couple things that he's going to need to do. Again, just maintain the health. If he can keep playing the majority of snaps. Again, he, he played 77% of team snaps last year from this position. And ran 73% of our pass plays. So if he can keep that, the stats are going to follow, especially with Jimmy Graham under center. He's our consistent red zone weapon. And here's just a couple kind of far-at stats that uh, our boy Clayton found. He was sixth in the NFL in red zone receptions and red zone targets for tight ends. He had nine catches in the red zone and was sixth in targets. This guy, I have him leading the 49ers in touchdown receptions. I think that he can get to seven touchdown receptions, which is a lot for a tight end. Again, we talked about his speed. He's a 4.5240 guy and has a 35-inch vertical. He's got a lot. And my projections as I went through and uh, statted out the entire team, 75 targets for 52 catches, 615 yards, and six touchdowns. He only had two last year, but again, if those targets in the red zone stay true man i i could six to seven touchdowns is legit i i i think that he can hit that seven number um his contract he is very very cheap we have him three years left uh six hundred thousand this year seven hundred thousand dollars next year and eight hundred thousand in 2020 against the cap so i love this guy he's an absolute lock and just man be excited that he is going to be on our team next up we got selic time baby Garrett Selleck is, man, he has been with us for a long time. 
undrafted free agent out of Michigan State in 2012, and he has just found a way to stay on this roster. Six foot five, 252 pounds, and he's 30 years old. He's one of our oldest players on our team, which is crazy to think. I remember when we picked him up, and I, I loved him from the first set. He is a great pass and run blocking tight end that offers upside in the passing game. He, he's got straight line speed, and it shows. He played in all 16 games for us last year, 33 targets. He caught 21 of those for 336 yards and four touchdowns, and he had 16 yards per reception. One of the best in the entire NFL. Whenever you have <laughs> more yards per reception uh, than Gronkowski, you're doing something right. Now, I do understand he only had 21 catches, but still, this guy somehow has developed to be an explosive playmaker in the offensive scheme because of one simple route. It is this seam route. And what I mean by the seam route, if you see the ha- the hashes going up the field inside the numbers on the football field, it kind of looks like a seam uh, or a seam stress. And so they call that the seam route. And so because he is a primarily used as a blocker, he sells out that block, waits for the safety to bite on one of the receivers, hits that seam, and he has no wiggle, but he can run in a straight line with a purpose. And he's not easy to tackle, uh, once he gets the ball, 6'5", 252, he is a mammoth of a man. PFF grades, he graded out great, 75.2% overall, catch rate 63%, and he graded out positive in receiving and run blocking. Uh, he's a top 10 tight end as far as those go, but the receiving numbers are kind of low. Again, 21 catches, very limited sample. I don't think that's going to go up. I think that he has found his role. Again, uh, 560 total snaps for us last year, and the most of his snaps were spent running blocking. That's who he is. But we do a lot of two tight end sets. Almost 20% of our offensive formations, 18.7% of the time, we had multiple tight ends on the field. That's kind of who we are. So great blocker, decent hands. He's, he doesn't run very many routes, though. He, he's a seam route beast. That's just who he is. And red zone proficiency. Again, four touchdowns last year. I don't think that number is going to repeat itself, but I wouldn't be upset if it did. He caught three touchdowns in the final seven games, all from Jimmy G. So he seems to like him, and the team loves him. Uh, if you remember last year, whenever he scored the touchdown, they all do the Selleck time thing where they point like they have a watch on, and then they start doing the toy soldier march-up dance. And so that's Selleck. He's a lot of fun guy. We have him for two years on his current contract. This year he is 2.6 against the cap, and next year 2.7. So we have him this year, next year. He's not going anywhere, guys. And the last one, he's kind of our boom-bust player, and that's Cole Hickatini, six foot four, 247 pounds. He's only 24 years old. He's out of Louisville, and if you remember last year whenever he came out, he was one of the primary receiving options for um, stud rookie this year for Lamar Jackson. So he, he had a lot of highlights out of college, but then he got hurt. He had kind of a bad year, and he goes undrafted. He made four games for us, and he didn't really get to show his highlights because he got hurt. He only had three targets, two receptions, 15 yards, no touchdowns. But, you know, 70 total snaps, 38 of those are on special teams. He's kind of a versatile guy. Great size, very good acceleration, but he's not a great route runner, and he struggles blocking. But the high side is there as far as a receiving option goes from the tight end position. 
So, and if he can stay healthy, which he's having a hard time doing already in training camp, uh, I really do think that he can make this roster because he offers something that nobody else that we have does currently. Um, Again, he sprained his MCL last year and went on IR after just four games. So hopefully he can step up his game because he's just, he looks the part. He really, really does. And when jump balls, he's kind of a jump ball space tight end and we struggle in the red zone. So if we can get him in there, that will help us tremendously. This is the last year um, that we have him. He is a $500,000 cap hit. So we'll kind of have to see what happens. Now we're not tied to him, but he is kind of a 75% make, make the roster. And these are the other guys that are trying to catch him. Ross Dwelly, six foot five, 240 pounds, 23 year old. He's an undrafted free agent from San Diego. And he's, he's a terrible blocker. (laughs) That's the best I could say for him, but he is great body control and burst natural pass catcher. He kind of looks like an oversized, uh, wide receiver out there, but again, not a very good blocker, not very, very tough, but he offers something that we don't have. And that is man. He's a red zone threat. He is the all time leading tight end in almost every statistical category for San Diego, um, I think he's going to be a practice squad type player this year, but he, he's got to do something special. And right now, the things that stand out is he can get vertical and he can win jump balls, which we don't really have a jump ball guy. We don't have tall guys uh, from our receiving position. Kendrick Bourne's about it. So uh, we got a couple undrafted free agents, but he has to show he can do something that everybody else can't. And our last guy that we're going to talk about today is Cole Wick. Six foot six, two hundred and fifty-seven pounds, twenty-four years old, out of Incarnate Word. That's what I'm talking about. One thing about this front office, we love giving shots to small school guys. They seem to come in with a chip on their shoulder, a little bit hungrier. They're not their expectations and entitlement are not there. And and these are the kind of guys we really, really like, or at least the front office does. He signed with the Lions last year, two years ago, I'm sorry as an undrafted free agent and played six games for them, mostly on special teams. He did have two catches for 18 yards with the lions, but uh, he's a big bodied receiver again, six, six, two fifty seven. He's a big man. He's not very fast. He ran a four, nine, three forty at his pro day, but he, you know, he does show athleticism and he is a capable blocker kind of Jack of all trades. He can't catch, but he's not going to do a lot with it after the fact. So those are kind of my two long shots to make the roster. But again, if we go back to what we did last year, we kept three. I think we're going to do the same thing this year. And those three guys, again, um, it's going to be George Kittle and it's going to be Garrett Selleck and Cole Hikatini is who I have making it. So again, if you haven't already, go retweet that Jerry Rice autographed helmet and win a free Mini helmet signed by the greatest of all time, Jerry Rice, my favorite player of all time, greatest 49er of all time. Him and Joe could maybe duel that one out, but for me, it's Jerry Rice. So go find me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, and retweet that. Follow me, Clayton, and go ahead and hit subscribe. And go check out GameDaySportsAndMemorabilia.com and find some fun stuff on there. Stay strong, faithful. We're almost there. When you need- 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.